You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. A show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Core. Cyber Spies in the studio, and they're wanting to take questions. So, if you have a question for the band, give us a call at 920-358-0795. I've got Dean, Eric, and Jay here. We're going to start the show off with a song from Spyver Spy. This is Crippled. You're listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio. Crippled. Let it show Down Nobody needs to know But witness The overcast ditches Spyver Spy with Crippled. You're listening to Core on WCZR. I've got Spyver Spy in the studio. Welcome, Dean, Eric, and Jay. Yo, hello. Want to talk about that last song we just heard, Crippled? Can you tell me a little bit about that? That was off the EP. Yep, EP, which we've only released on Bandcamp. Is this on? Get yeah. closer. <laughs> oh, hello. Okay. It's been like this far away. Um, the songs on that EP were kind of an experiment. We went up to uh, Honeytone Studios, up from Oshkosh, which is in Nina. Worked with Patrick and Marty there, and we had a different. Uh, we had a few different people in the band. Bill was in the band, who's not here, but he was playing bass for that, and then Jeremy Helbling, 
we, we hadn't gone in the studio much, so I wanted to, and I usually was doing the recording myself, wanted to go in the studio so that I could just focus on playing and not have to worry about all the technology and all the creative stuff you could do with, with that. But when we got, went there, they have every gadget you can think of. I don't know. It seemed like we were trying to cram a lot into a weekend, and I, I feel like the performance on these didn't quite come out the way we wanted to. Patrick and Marty did a great job recording us. So we're going to redo some of these songs. So anyways, back to what you <laughs> asked about was, was the song Crippled. I don't know. There's not much to say about it. Lyrically, it's um, basically coping with depression, I guess. I'm not going to reveal too much. I'll let you make up your own story <laughs> on that. Let's, uh, let's talk about how Spy vs. Spy came into being because we were talking before the show. Eric and Dean, you guys have been in bands together for quite a while. Yeah, since uh, 1997, I think, was our first band together. And we were sort of, uh, I had sort of an adversarial opinion of Dean prior to that. So it's been <laughs> nice to have 25 years or so to I took his that. spot in another band. Yeah. Which band was that? Cookie Bug. Way, way, way back. He, he wanted to hate me for it, but... I wanted to. But who could hate this guy? <laughs> and then you guys joined forces in the Willis? Uh, we, yeah, but we, before that, um, we had a... Dean was in a band called Red Horse, um, mid, early, mid-90s. Sounds right. They kind of, you know, just uh, time and, and, and location caused them to uh, uh, take a hiatus. One of the guys in the band, Buck... I happened to be on a road trip with him, and they were forming a new band, and I wanted to I wanted to get into it. Buck is a type to hold something like that over your head a little bit and make you work for it. So we had a bet um, as to whether Ryan Longwell would be. It was his his rookie season, and it was whether he would end up as the uh, Packers kicker. I said, yeah, he's going to, and I forget who his competition was that year, but yeah, Buck picked the other guy. Buck picked the other guy, so I, I won my spot in the band, and so. We had three guitar players in that band, Gomer Pile Driver. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh so that dissolved eventually and we started the Von Traps. Von Traps was right after that. Yeah. And we shared a practice space with uh congratulations on your decision to become a pilot. So and obviously we knew Steve well from our prior experiences and as those bands kind of dissolved, uh the Willis came out of that. So it was a uh, you know, just a good example of years and years of the Oshkosh music scene sort of, you know, melding and shaping and forming and, and, and just nothing ever ends on a negative note and uh, something new comes out of, of every band that dissolves, it seems like. So it's been fun to be a part of that for a lot of years. Yeah. How would you describe the, the Oshkosh music scene compared to other places? One thing I'll say about Oshkosh is it's super cheap to live and drink. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's an, an attractive uh, thing for bands. There is a good community established already there. So, And you have uh, some of these small places like Jambalaya and Reptile Palace, which just they've been um, having live music shows for a while and just contributing to the scene, which helps a lot. People aren't starting from square one on that kind of stuff. We also came into it at a time when, um, so so when I got to town, um, Lost Toothbrushes were playing, Rubble Waltz was playing, Twisted Egyptians, I think were probably getting near the end of, of their time playing regularly, but there was there were just these great bands that were 
already you know around campus and and accessible and then and then through uh the um music store you know just kind of you'd go in and, and buy something and, and meet jj or meet you know anybody else who was, who was playing in town and, and it was just really an easy scene or group of people to just kind of naturally become friends with and 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 uh it's, it just feels very natural yeah know? that is true it's very organic very natural like yeah you, you just yeah let's make a band okay and it, that's it was done we, we were talking before the show about Saddle Days. You said you recently watched that documentary. Yep. Do you feel that maybe Oshkosh is overdue for a film about the, the history of the Oshkosh music scene? It's a, it's a good question. We actually uh, tried, well, kind of started a project a few years back, just trying to connect all the different uh, musicians and bands uh, in Oshkosh. So it was sort of a website that anybody could go on and you could put what band you were in, who else was in it, and just to start seeing all the all the connections six degrees of oshkosh rock yeah six degrees of oshkosh rock which i still have the database and eventually i'll put it back online at some point but but. and it grew really fast and then it just all of a sudden it kind of turned into i mean because there was open access to it uh just a bunch of garbage and spam and and bad links and things like that but um I think what I realized watching that documentary was the fact that, you know, so Salad Days is really looking at the DC scene and, and the fact that, you know, some bands made it from there and sort of have this national recognition doesn't take away from the fact that I think probably anywhere you go in the country, there's something meaningful um, to the to the musicians and, and people who love music um, in any community that's probably just as intense and, and deeply appreciated. Uh, but just doesn't, you don't know about it unless you're there. And, and that's that's okay. It'd be great to see something happen with the Oshkosh scene where it could be documented in a way that would connect outside of here. But if it doesn't, um, you know, that's never been the intention of most of yeah. the musicians I've played with or known. Um, we just want to make good music. Yeah. There, there are quite a few filmmakers in Oshkosh too, obviously. Mm-hmm. I know John Pata did a video... Uh, for you guys, which yep. you can find on YouTube. Maybe that'd be something he'd be interested in. Yeah. <laughs> He's always open for a project, whether he has time or not. And, and talking about Oshkosh history, Oshkosh Racket Fest is coming up at the end of February. Are you guys involved in any of the reunion shows? We're playing, but yeah. a list it's of- not really. <laughs> um, I was in, I played in... The Wisconsin Magic briefly, which is oh yeah, uh, one of Jay's bands. Yeah, um, I we pl- reunited last week for the first time, and so you're playing in years. one of the reunion shows. I wouldn't call it a reunion show. We just don't play very much, so <laughs> we haven't we haven't played together since like I don't know a year or two ago. So it's a reunion for us, but I don't think technically it is. Um, back in the day, I played in the Lost Toothbrushes, but I will not be performing with them. I forgot you were in the Wisconsin Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Spy vs. Spy is playing, although we're not a reunion band, although we may pull some old songs out. You'll have to come and find out. And then I'm in Redshift Headlights, which is not really a reunion. But No. But we know Justin really well, yeah. and Justin's in that band, so that's how we get on that. <laughs> well, and J- Justin really was pushing for a Willis reunion. Oh, and, yes, um, he was. You know, and it, it's not happening um and it's not at all because we don't all you know i I think we it just doesn't logistically work out um 
but uh, he was very intent on trying to uh, get a commitment for that. So, well, so he tried. <laughs> I uh, dropped the ball when, when Steve and Jay were on the show with the Redshift Headlights. I, the whole experience with Jimmy Fallon, how was that? That must have been mind-blowing in a way. Pretty much, yeah. And it was amazing. To kind of set the stage, you guys went out to play for a pilot show yep. when Jimmy Fallon was starting a show. Performed on, on the show as if it was a show. They recorded it and everything. And you can find the video on, on YouTube, and I try to occasionally post it so everybody that hasn't seen it can see it. But uh, what, a, what a great experience. And I mean, do you have any insider details? Well, what when was I Jimmy first... like? What was it? What was Jimmy like? <laughs> uh, we shook his hand, and that was, and we prepped for uh, the beginning of the song, the interview with Steve at the beginning of the song, and that was it. So, who is on the show again? I'm gonna take over as interviewer for a minute. Rosie O'Donnell and Kayla Watkins. Michaela Watkins. Okay. Um, did you have any Rosie time or Michaela hell, Watkins hell yeah. time? Yeah, we had the. Uh, we had the big dressing room, uh -huh. so all of the catering was in our dressing room, so sandwiches and whatnot. So See, Rosie had to come to our room to get any <laughs> of the catering. That must have been some sort of mistake. I, I <laughs> or can't you were, that it was. I, mean, I think you were in the catering room. I think room. they were still, think figuring, that might have been they were didn't have still figuring room, so. things out for the show. I think, yeah, things were pretty scattered, and they were quite unorganized yeah. yet at that I think, point. I think Eric Van Thiel uh, peed next to Lorne Michaels. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, where was that again? What studio is that? I forgive me for being dumb. I don't know which one it he's in. Well, it was it was Jack Parr's old studio, so it was the original like okay, um, the original, you know, uh, late night sure. studio. Okay, from way way back. Did they pay to fly you out there? Or did you have to pay your own flights? We got a stipend from. Uh, well, actually, we had to join the musicians' yeah. union out um, out there. So. Uh, which was kind of cool because they asked us what uh, equipment we wanted. We gave them a list. We showed up, and there's guys there that moved it for you because they're all union. And so we're like, yeah, I want my amp over there, and they just put it there. Done. Um, so basically, by joining the union, we got union scale, and that paid for our flight and hotel. So it was a free trip, more or less. I think probably the my biggest takeaway from it was we were able to just enjoy the moment. So it, it was a pilot, um, you know, it was sort of a, a ironic fluke that we were playing it. I mean, we had a connection um, through a, a mutual friend, and the song itself was sort of in jest on sort of through our our friend Salty, like getting to Jimmy Fallon at the time to get on Saturday Night Live, and you know that it actually materialized in, in the trip was was great, but I don't think we really had any airs about who we were, what we were doing. And, you know, I think they were surprised that we didn't come with, um, you know, makeup people. And, and we had to answer the question, like, how many and what type of cars do we want to have pick us up at the airport? It's like, we don't really <laughs> Just care. a bunch I of mean, Wisconsin kids. Maybe an Impala? I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, and, and just to really, like, I remember after we were done with the show, so when you get there, you're assigned an intern and a page. And they're basically there to do your bidding. So I think their expectation is, okay, we have a rock band. We're going to have to, you know, cater to their whims. And, like, eventually we were, were like, I guess, you know, maybe we could have a six-pack or something. So <laughs> they went out and got some beer. 
and we we didn't uh, we were pretty nervous, so so we didn't want to drink it before we played. But afterwards, when we were done and just sitting in the dressing room and sort of like the group of us going, oh, that was pretty cool. And like we're we're here in Rockefeller Center and a and and like a, a space that the average person doesn't get to go to. And we just finished that six pack and just sort of just basked in the and the uh, experience for a little bit. And it was really, really just neat. And we enjoyed it as, um, you know, kind of naive and innocent as it was. And, and, you know, knowing this wasn't sort of like our next step to something big, but a moment in time that we really had to just appreciate. And uh, it was great. It was great. That's very cool. So let's talk about the, the movie you guys did, the, the closing song for Gags. <laughs> Gags the Clown, yes. Um, so John Pata, who you mentioned earlier, um, was working on this movie with, uh, Adam, I forget his last Krause. name. Yeah, Krause. Um, and they wanted a, um, a song, I forget which, uh, it was by Gary Lewis and the Playboys and, oh, it's everybody, everybody loves a clown. Yeah. And they wanted a, a, they wanted to actually use that song, I believe, but they couldn't get the rights for it. So they just put out a. Um, a message to all their friends hey we're looking for a song and some people were interested but we uh, stepped up to the plate and gave it a shot and they uh, gave them a couple ideas they liked one of them we we ended up pretty much doing it all ourselves we, we uh, wrote the song recorded it did all the parts between Jay Eric and I we did all the parts um, and then uh, sent it out and they they ended up using it and really liking it, so we use it. They used it for the closing credits of the movie *Gags the Clown*, which um, is available on Amazon Prime. And I think it's on Blu-ray and stuff now too. Yeah, and they have a special edition Blu-ray now, and um, they also used it in the uh, the trailer for it. So it's, it's kind of kind of cool. Any plans to release that on a a future *Spy vs. Spy* album? Um, it's up on Bandcamp. Uh, but we haven't really decided. We were thinking about doing maybe a special edition, like seven-inch LP or something. But we'll see. EP, I guess you call it. Yeah. So, well, we'll see. It um, costs money, and we'll, I'm not sure what the interest in that would be. So, let's uh, let's play the song. Okay. This is a uh, clown in town from Spy vs. Spy. If you've got a question for Spy vs. Spy, 920-358-0795. You're listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio.
That was Spy vs. Spy with Clown in Town. You're listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio. We did have a question sent to us. What are your opinions on the whammies? What are the whammies? Wisconsin area musical... Wisconsin area music industry? I don't know. It seems kind of dumb to me. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't know if we were ever... If if we were ever to be up for one, I I might have a, a higher opinion of it, which is... But I've never really thought much about it. Um, it's never. It's not on my radar yeah, at all, really. I don't recall it ever really, um, ever really seeing a lot of area bands um, as a, a part of that. But I also haven't really paid attention. Um, I, I think it's great to recognize, um, you know, the music that's being created in the in the state. And um, so I'm not, I'm not against it. I just don't really know much about it. Yeah. Another question. Have you had any opportunity to open any shows for any heroes of yours? Yeah. Um, so we, um, the, the band that we're in just prior to Spy vs. Spy was Southside Stranglers. And we played with um, Super Suckers uh, and Eddie Spaghetti. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge Super Suckers fan. Dean is a huge Super mm-hmm. Suckers fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we knew that they, you know, frequently came through town. Um, we've, we've seen them a few times. So that was sort of like, a, um, you know, when, I, when we got the, the show with them, I, I really reached out and said, you know, we'd love to open up for the Super Suckers. And um, uh, Time Bomb Tom from Green Bay sort of gave us the opportunity. And that was, so that, that, was, that was one where, yeah. where we, we got to open up for Heroes. Um, yeah, I can't think of them. I was in a, a, a bad band in high school, and yeah. we got to open up for uh, the Doobie Brothers, Sons, <laughs> Michael McDonald at uh, Waterfest. So, top that one. Uh, does, Buck, does Buck know about that? No, I should tell him. Yeah. Well, uh, Red Horse and... Um, uh, what am I, who am I looking for? Uh, Babblefish, which is one of the reunion bands... Um, opened up for um, at UW Oshkosh. Opened up for the Osh. Oh, the name escapes. <laughs> Good me thing though. you started uh, that yeah. sentence. <laughs> we can cut this part out. Text in if you know. Up for uh, Chuck D. That was a spoken thing. Yeah, but we did open. Yeah, lost toothbrush. I mean, that's opened up pretty for cool. Chuck, Chuck D. Why yes. were you doing spoken word shows? <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. He was doing gotcha. a presentation at LB Hall on UW at UW Oshkosh, and we did like an acoustic version of our songs. That beforehand. must have been very confusing for everybody there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I am thinking about it. <laughs> Got a uh, two-part widespread panic. That's the. That's, that's also I weird. That show. <laughs> they played at UW Ashkash and we opened up for them. That's pretty cool too. Uh, we had a two-part question in here. Does one person write most of the music, or do you write write them together? Can you explain your songwriting process, and what are some unique talents that each of you have? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'll start. Um, I do most of the writing. Um, I usually come up with the chord progression on guitar with a, a vocal melody over it. Uh, I usually don't have words, but kind of fit 
words in that sort of, you know, have the right rhythm and, and accents and stuff. Um, and I usually do have in the back of my mind, like what kind of a drum beat would go underneath it. Um, I'm not a very good drummer, but I, I usually can relay what I want to Jay and he, he, he does it perfectly. So, um, and then present it to the band and usually they just fill in their parts and I honestly don't have to tweak much at all. They, we've been playing together for so long that they kind of know what we're expecting out of each other and it works out pretty good. I don't know if you have anything to add. No, it's just kind of yeah, collaborative. We can all play all each other's instruments, so it's kind of one of those things where if I have an idea or Eric has an idea or Bill or any, you know, it's just kind of easy to, like I said, we're all comfortable with each other, like playing and stuff like that. So Clown in Town was a little, little bit different, which was actually awesome, where we pretty much collaborated on all the music. I think Eric actually came in with the initial idea, mm-hmm. and then we built off of that, and then... um uh, Adam from Gags, the movie, um, pr- gave us some lyrics to to work with, and we kind of molded that and in, in, into what we used for the song. So, I think as we go forward, there's the. I mean, we do have probably hours and hours of material that we've just captured in jam sessions. Um, you know, in between practicing songs and and previous bands that Dean was talking about recently, going back and listening to some stuff, and there's probably some ideas that might be more well there's some gems in there yeah um (laughs) but it's just taking the time to sort of uh curate all that material and come up with the 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 gems um but as as it stands it's really dean Dean is definitely the primary songwriter and that works very well special talents (laughs) (laughs) i don't know Um. i think i think that was a good enough answer for all that question (laughs) I like I like the sound of Spy vs. Spy. You guys are a rock band. And when I saw you guys at the Oshkosh Music Fest, Dean, you were hauling up a half stack, which just melted my heart right away. <laughs> he yeah. has a lot of shows, so he used two half stacks, <laughs> which is yeah. a lot of fun. And I think you were a, you were a three-piece, I think, at Oshkosh Music Fest. I think Bill had just recently come back from, yep. from Nashville. Yep. Is that nice having Bill back in the fold? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, he fills up the band. He takes a lot of the leads that um, are, I mean, I'd like to do more of the chords and just keep the big wall of sound, and then he can do his magic on top of that. I think it adds a ton to the to the whole mix of the song. Um, For your shows, like when you're playing live shows, do you feel like the music to me is just, it's energetic music, and it, I can tell that you guys have been doing it a while too because it, it sounds really good and when you're listening to the songs you can hear the the play on the two guitars you got a lot of phasing i guess mm-hmm. uh, what were your influences what built your inspiration as far as how you're approaching writing your songs boy um i just i mean there's Definitely music that's influenced me over the years, all different kinds. Um, like, I've I took piano lessons as a kid. I played organ in church, sung in the choir in college, um, and just have listened to the whole gamut of different types of music. And then I don't really, 
I know I want to write something usually that's a little bit harder because I just like that more. But I just kind of go with my gut and whatever comes out, comes out. Um, I don't know if I consciously think too much about what I'm trying to write. So I think it's been an interesting evolution too, in terms of just who who's in the band and what they do. So um, I think it started really with you and Todd, um, and then you know just kind of people coming and going. Jade, what did you start playing when you? I don't remember. It was bass or guitar or one of them. Or so. I think I've played every instrument in yeah. the group for yeah. some time. At, at I some think point. I, I started with bass and then went to guitar, then went to baritone <clears throat> guitar and back to bass. And you know, there's been just um, you know Jeremy Helbling was was really a, a core member for a good couple of years as well. Nate and then Frank and Nate Frank, Matt Frank, yeah. yeah, Nate um, played drums. He played bass. He yeah. played every instrument too. I think oh, yeah. for a little bit. And then uh, yeah, Matt played bass for a while. So. It's more kind of just like a studio band for a good amount of the time, too. And I know I don't want to speak for Dean, but a lot of it was just kind of to have some time to rehearse and record some songs and stuff like that. You know, I don't know how much crazy focus there is on like live shows or doing like a bunch of that. It's more yeah. to just like give us an outlet to test all the gear that we spend lots of money on <laughs> all the time. Is that fairly accurate? We're gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're getting a call, you guys. Oh boy! Actual oh, no. call. Wow. Somebody we know. Hi, mom. You're on the air with <laughs> Spy vs. Spy. What's your question? Uh two parter again. Uh, number one, does does Andy make coffee for you guys for coming in this early? He has offered it. We came prepared, but uh, I'm about ready to go upstairs and get another cup. Serious question, and I'll hang up so I can avoid the awkward into the question moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys, uh, what's more gratifying, doing studio time or being on the stage? I think for the most part, it's being in the studio and and listening to everything just come together, and um, and then messing around with it and see if we can even make it better. Um, I do like playing live, though. Uh, I just Staying out late till bar time is hard on the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, playing live at 8 o'clock is awesome. <laughs> playing live at midnight, not not so much. Um, yeah, I'm the same. The studio stuff, I don't like playing ever very much. So um, being able to just kind of hang out, it's not like we have to like go and pay to like go book studio time. We have a space. There's heat. It's nice. All that stuff. Pinball. Yeah, there's pinball. So, yeah, I don't know. We're able to just kind of just hang out, work at your own pace. You don't have to worry about a clock and stuff like that. So I, I much prefer doing that. It's more creatively gratifying. Yeah. Well, what are some of the bad, like, situations for a live, a live show? Like, what are some bad things that, um, in your opinion, that... I can go through a lot of them. <laughs> when there's... Um, weather is always an issue in Wisconsin. Um, when there isn't parking by the loading door when there Fletches. isn't a good loading door steps. when you have to walk through crowds when there's steps instruments are heavy um when you're playing with the band who you're using their equipment and their equipment is really bad and you wouldn't use it i don't know lots of things there's never a sound person when you're in a corner that isn't supposed to have music and then you have to have music when they don't have a pa or their mixer's broken there's so many bad things about playing live <laughs> 
So that's that's my. Sounds list. like you have a lot of stories. No, I. <laughs> just yeah, that's my much prefer. Just hanging out in the studio. It's nice. All of our things are there. Notice that like the older everybody gets, it's like it used to be you'd show up for a show, discover bands, and now it's like, what time is your band playing? Yeah, you exactly. want to know like the exact window so they can arrive. And I hate watch to it seem. And leave. I don't like doing that, or at least like whatever. But like, if I'm being honest and stuff like that's totally what it is as well too. I just don't want to seem as negative as I probably come off as. <laughs> it's nothing personal. I just don't prefer it. Like, not my thing. Well, thank you for the question. If anyone else would like to chime in, 920-358-0795. Where's the future of Spy vs. Spy Lie? You said you're sitting on a lot of material, which I hope sees the light of day. Will it see the light of day? Yes, <laughs> eventually. Are you actively recording this stuff? or is Yeah, it like Jay says, we're not under any time crunch, so we kind of... It's kind of a good and bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we take our time and, and we uh, assemble new toys and try them out recording. And um, we're getting close. Uh, we did, what, six tracks in the uh, end of November, December, and we're slowly uh, doing overdubs on that and... and pretty close to being releasable I think in the next month or two so um, but then we'll probably decide to record more before actually releasing something so we'll see how that goes do you plan actively plan the, the artwork and the physical format before you release something or do you get it recorded and then it's like oh well, now we have to mess with this let's just put it out on Bandcamp and we'll worry about the physical later is that sort of how it goes yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, we, we've been really lucky, though, um, to have, you know, as far as artwork goes, um, to have a, a good friend who's a graphic designer and has been extremely generous with um, doing poster work and, and artwork for us, as well as a lot of other Oshkosh bands. And it's almost fun to build stuff around the, the work that he does. So I, he did rec the Racketfest poster, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yep. Um, he designed all that. He's done most of our posters. He did the Redshift last record, I think. Yeah, yeah. He did oh, the cool. album design. Oshkosh. Yeah, yeah. Jason um, Jason Hendricks. Yeah, Just I think a, he got a shout out on the Redshift one okay. too. That's good. Yeah. He, he deserves it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Any bands in the the local area that you want to mention, or any bands that fans of yours might want to check out? Um, Besides Redshift Headlights, cause they're really good. We'll just put that on the table. Um, well, Dean, Dean's, you just recorded last weekend with uh, the oh, Lemurs. The Lemurs, yes. A punk rock band out of Oshkosh. Um, they'll be, they're a little more um, active as far as putting out stuff, so I'm sure they'll have a CD out um, hopefully by summer. That 16 songs. 16 songs. They didn't tell us how many songs they were doing until we got through about like seven or eight of them, and then... <laughs> <laughs> they just kept doing more and more. That was impressive, though. Sixteen songs, songs, nine minutes. No, I think <laughs> I think there's yeah, it's like a eight minute record or whatever. Um, no, I think a handful of them push like three minutes, but for the most part, they're like a minute and a half, two minutes long. So they recorded that at the salon. Yeah. Are you, are you taking in a lot of bands there? Or how do you? No, I mean, they actually uh, rehearse there. So it was super easy. They had all their equipment there, and we just set up and, and went for it. Um, we only have 
three or four bands um, rehearsing there. And so usually recording is just kind of a, a favor. Um, I'm not really in it for for the business part of it. Have you been there? I have not, but I, I know that in the, the shut-ins video, that was recorded in the salon, right? Um, rewind. 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 Yeah. Kind of yeah. rewind. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, we put up a, a drape, and then uh, uh, John created the floor to look like... Um, the Red Room the and Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Um, but, the, uh, but yeah, you can, the Black Lodge. You can you can catch glimpses of the the wood grain yeah. on the walls and stuff like that. Yeah. I think during when Redshift was on, we we talked a little bit about the salon as well. And it's a cool place. Yeah, yeah it's a nice vibe. <laughs> so Steve's building a new studio. How's that going to affect the salon studio? Um, War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's great because then we don't have to have all Steve's stuff in. Uh, <laughs> The salon. <laughs> he can keep all his stuff at his house. Yeah, it's uh, it's close to being done. We've actually uh, Redshift Headlights has rehearsed there a couple times now. It's been working out really nice. So, um, uh, he's he's got a vision and he's fulfilling it, and it's awesome. So, if you're a band that wants a project, talk to Steve. Yes, <laughs> he likes to get in over his head on things. <laughs> Steve, if you're listening, you can still call in with a question or comment. <laughs> No comments, only questions. <laughs> but go, uh, going back to uh, local bands, like pretty much any of these bands uh, on for Racket Fest are, are awesome bands. Um, you know, I like going out and seeing Horace Green, and uh, uh, we played with Cave Paintings. They're awesome. Crickets, great band. Um, Present Age, I like seeing those guys. Those are they're awesome. So. A lot of the, the up-and-coming bands, the younger bands, like Present Age and um, the, the first one you mentioned. I can't remember. Horse, Horse Green. Green. Yes. Um, how are those guys? That, they're really musically talented. Yes, do they, they are. come to you for advice, or is it more, do you find yourself taking sort of a mentoring position with younger bands? Um, not really. I, I think we don't cross paths a whole lot, and so I'm most of the time I'm seeing them, I'm just appreciating them as a band from a distance. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I like to, I don't really network a whole lot or put myself out there and market myself as a musician. I just like to play. So if, if it happens naturally, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, I, if I've talked to Jordan a little bit from uh, cricket on things, um, recorded him over the years on a few projects, and uh, if anyone, that would probably be the, the one person I maybe mentored. I don't know. You'd have to ask him. So. I think there's a lot of confidence in in the bands, especially the younger bands. Where, and that might be a difference between sort of our era, and I mean, I think we're kind of defined by um, sort of a awkward humility, um, and and like uh, not ever wanting to market ourselves or um at least dean and i yeah <laughs> uh and um you know just never kind of never looking at it from from that perspective where i think some of these younger bands are they they provide a lot more traction for themselves just through some confidence and um there's something to be said too about social media being yeah. a yeah. definite like easier thing for promotion than when you guys were 
yeah kicking around things back well, in the day right it's a yeah. good point. all those years ago Xeroxing flyers and putting them yeah at uh, mainstream in the 90s you'd watch mtv and it's like well i can't get there now you can record something yourself and put just, it on youtube yeah the barrier to entry is just way different yeah. so yeah very different music scene were you guys all born and raised in oshkosh beloit for me beloit shano that was oshkosh area yeah <laughs> Jay's the OG. Yep, I guess so. I'm the youngest <laughs> one, though. So you guys, I'll, I'll play multiple instruments. Jay, you mentioned you played like everything in in the in the band, pretty much moved around. Do you ever find yourselves getting in battles over? Dean, you said you can show Jay a part. Jay, do you ever? I'm gonna try to get you guys to say something controversial. Yeah. <laughs> Jay, do you ever just get mad and want Dean to just keep his ideas to himself? Um, You're the drummer, right? Yeah. <laughs> this would be a weird time to just like turn on you. Um, <laughs> I'm no, move, I'm gonna move back. Yeah, no, not really. I mean, if we have disagreements or if we have whatever, typically, I will say why, and he will. You know, we're adults, and we, like I said, we've been playing together for a pretty decent amount of time at this point. So there's not really any stuff like that. I kind of trust his opinion on things, and I think he trusts my opinion on things. And ultimately, we are. It's like life. When you align yourselves with the same goals, typically it makes those type of things non-confrontational. Yeah, it's pretty good. When you're playing guitar in Redshift, is I have it... more issues in Redshift. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> that yeah, that doesn't completely pertain in Redshift. That's more of a battle. But do you prefer one over the other? Um, I probably prefer. I like playing. I like, I guess, the creativity with playing guitar and using and playing in a band like redshift that has a lot of like your bases covered so i can kind of do my own thing a little bit and be a little more creative but i think kind of the i don't know the whatever in me definitely appreciates the ability to or the amount of control you have when you're playing drums in a group in terms of like dictating dynamics tempo consistency and things like that i think there's a certain when you kind of have like a control freakness in you there is a nice thing to playing drums because you kind of are you have a lot more control versus when you're playing guitar and just doing like just dumb tremolo stuff you know what i mean you're if things are going differently you don't really have much of a voice you're just kind of playing a part and stuff like that so you know there's two different ways to look at it i guess redshift with um six members in the band it's it's a different thing too because you have to watch that you're not stepping on each other's feet and in everybody's not playing all at once at the same thing and just sounds like clutter so there's yeah there's a lot more it it is a different way of well there are advantages and disadvantages right, exactly. you know you have different things covered that we couldn't you know do in a three or four piece band but at the same time you know most of the time you don't need all six things happening at once so there's points and you know yep. and so and then when you're in small environments small shows small venues or rehearsing in like a small studio like it's just loud like there's six people there's just a lot of people it's a lot of gear it's just kind of a hassle you mentioned six people i've got a question here do you do the music stuff full time or do you work other jobs with <laughs> music as a side gig with, with i like the logic that <laughs> think that I could make money enough doing this. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, we all have full-time jobs. Uh, music's a hobby. 
which has its advantages and disadvantages too. Um, I mean, I would love to spend more time on music, but it doesn't pay the bills at least at this point. So it's, yeah. We, uh, I just, I just read the uh, BC boys book and I know Dean's, I started it. Dean's, uh, yeah, started it as well. And it's really, it's, it's sort of envy and fascination to like kind of read about these bands that when they were, you know, 18, 19, were able to just dive in, like, you know, fully wholeheartedly dive into, uh, committing their lives to music and spending every day, you know, just doing that and, and what that can result in not ever having had that opportunity and sort of reflecting on it now, you know, I, I love the music piece of this, but I would want to be a part of this even without the music. And, and when I started, I didn't actually come to, um, spy versus spy intending to even play um when i first came to to practice i brought video cameras and i was just going to try to you know find a way to document and sort of you know talking about the the story that can be told about oshkosh music and the people um it's just enough to be a part of having this as a as an outlet um because most of life is is spent with family and and work and and these other things that are that are great responsibilities um, you know, uh, they're, they're the, the foundation of, of kind of the daily existence. And this is like a beautiful extra thing, um, that even if I weren't playing, I'd want to be just present in it, uh, in, in some way. Um, so no, it's never been, it's never been, a sustaining, uh, the income, um, unless we could live on PBR and, you know, <laughs> PBR, um, it's but it's, it's been great. The spy versus spy have an official beer. It <laughs> we have a, we have an official beer refrigerator, um, and and uh, it's the house's or responsibility to stock that refrigerator. Uh, and there's always the offer of multiple types of beer, which uh, is appreciated. Do you guys cheap have, domestics? Cheap domestics. Do you guys yes. have a pre-show ritual? Anything you do before the show? No, not really. No. Nah. <laughs> Blow it up. Make sure you're in tune. Sound check. <laughs> What's the biggest surprise that has come up during a live show, like with anything malfunctioning? Uh, in life, I've had an amp blow during the middle of a show, and uh, that was probably one of one of my favorite shows I've ever played. Um, like mid '90s, Blake College, um, a hardcore band, and I was sort of in it as an extra uh just because i happened to be in town and when my amp blew and i could do anything with the guitar that i wanted to and it didn't matter and being able to just play it behind my head and <laughs> and uh you know pass it around the crowd it was it was so liberating and um that was that was probably i mean it was a i didn't have an amp then for probably a year but uh it was a great show yeah i don't have anything too unusual broken strings pedal goes out that kind of stuff just the normal frustration yeah uh, i'm the same I've, I've i've been fortunate i guess um that said the best one i ever heard was um what's uh so when the reptile palace uh Stu and those guys were doing their release show oh yeah and the building next door oh yeah burned down 
like i think on fire yeah i think that was the best having like police like run in and say you guys gotta get the fuck out of here and (laughs) (laughs) not sure why and yeah we're gonna do another song and then if if you have time we'll sit for another segment sure good you still have time to get your calls in if you have a question 920-358-0795 this is spy vs spy with shut-ins you're listening to core on wczr code zero radio Across the tongue, deaf to everyone. Riddles taught me just because the logic follows laws that never ports wrapped up inside. I've seen it all the time. The shut-ins have their tepid ways. I've been inside for days. I've been inside for days. I've been inside for days.
That was Spy vs. Spy with shut-ins. You're listening to WCZR, Code Zero Radio's core. I've got Spy vs. Spy in the studio. You still have some time to call in. We're going to go a little bit later. 920-358-0795. Wanted to talk about some of the different music festivals in the area. We talked about Water City Racket Fest. There's also Oshkosh, the Oshkosh Music Fest, which... Is that what you call it? Oshkosh Main, Main Street? Main, Oshkosh Main Street Music Fest? Yep. That's where I saw you guys last year. Yep, we played that one. That one's in summer, usually the same uh, weekend as EAA. Jay's the only one here that's played Waterfest. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't see that happening again, though. I feel like that was a one-time thing. Actually, I played there twice. I opened for the Tubes once, too, which really? was way different. We should have a lot more credibility than we do just having you in the band. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think that's accurate. Um, Mala Music. Spy vs. Spy, have you tried to play Mala Music yet? No, we always keep missing the deadline for uh, sending in the application, so I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So is that ultimately on your shoulders, Dean? Are you the guy that has to sign up for all this stuff? Uh, Eric and I pester each other about doing it, <laughs> yeah. and then neither one of us does it. We're full of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> that is totally true. Ideas and artificial deadlines. Yep. Yes. Yep. Hypothetical artificial deadlines. When is the artificial deadline for the next album? I don't know. Should I don't know if one? you have to do an album anymore. Or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, singles that's the or thing. whatever. Next release. I don't know. Like I think Dean said, I think we might have a couple like songs done by the time we do that Racket Fest thing or whatever. Yeah, it'd be um, nice to have some online. But so you might drip a couple songs out before then. Yeah, slowly just kind of toss. I don't know when they're done. They're, you know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things. It's not like you don't really have to like sit and wait to. We don't have a recording contract. So. Yeah, and it's not like I mean, so I'll be real. It's not like a millions of people are buying these, or even hundreds of people are buying these. So it's like you put or out ten, a couple tens songs. Of people. That's what I mean. So it like ultimately like the idea of like. We can't release this until we get 10 songs. I mean, that's stupid. It doesn't really, you don't really have to do that anymore. Whether or not to, you know, press something or do whatever, I think that's secondary at this point. We've talked about being more intentional about sort of, you know, like doing a song and a video um, to sort of build some momentum around maybe a more, um, just a more complex project um, minded approach to, to putting songs out. And that's what we did with, with Rewind, which was, a lot of fun. I think even in the end, um, doing the video was, it was were, cool. were you okay with it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I don't, I don't know. I was, I don't know. It was cool. Not Jay's <laughs> favorite thing necessarily to, to, to do the video. Um, the part that we did, but I mean, it turned out really cool and it did get, um, I think it got a little more attention than had we just put the song out. Um, and it's again, just kind of taking the ideas that we have about, you know, doing a video or, or another sort of, um, side to, to, to the song that we can put out and following through on it, um, which sometimes it's just fun to talk about stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's cool to hang out with John and work with him on yeah, different stuff great. or whatever. So, I don't know. These are all, we know so many like cool and talented and interesting people, and they're always down with doing stuff. So, might as well. You guys aren't on Spotify, you are on Bandcamp, right? Correct. What's your opinion on Spotify? I don't know. It's probably fine. It's, I don't really use it. Well, from a musician's point of view, I mean, I think it's probably a necessary evil. I don't think musicians get their fair share out of it, but they get the 
quote unquote exposure of being somewhere that anybody can get to. So, um, yeah, that's a tough one. There are things called necessary evils and unfortunately that's what it is. So I don't know. You can be all high and mighty and not do that. And you can have nobody listen to your music then. I mean, I like to ask this question, any possibility of a vinyl release? Always a possibility just not on our radar right now we really talked about it with the the clown in town song um and collaborating with uh john and adam in terms of you know when and how to do that um art stuff and yeah yeah and it just you know the idea i i would say i don't think it's um not not a possibility anymore but it's just sort of um not a priority yeah not a priority You've got a couple shows coming up. I want everyone to mark them down on their calendar. You're going to be playing, I think, in a week or two with Leading the Blind at Gibson Music Hall. I don't um, remember the exact date. It's February 22nd, and it's at Deja Vu. Oh, Deja Vu. Okay. Yes, yes Leading the Blind. Those guys are awesome. Absolutely. Sweet harmonies. Absolutely. And then, of course, after that, the week after, you guys are doing the, the Water City Racket Fest yep. in we'll, Oshkosh. And that'll, we'll, we'll be playing that Friday. February 28th. And there's going to be just a, a ton of reunion shows, a lot of bands that if you didn't get the chance to see them back in the day, it might be your last opportunity to mm-hmm. yeah, to go see them. Dean, were you in a video with the Lost Toothbrushes? There is a video out there You've that got I a, You're in. rocking a sweet mullet, right? Yeah, I got a sweet <laughs> mullet. This is absolutely correct. I was yes. pretty sure that was you, but I wasn't sure. I'll try to post that video on Code Zero Radio later if everybody would like to check it out. But you're not playing with the band at Racket Fest. As far as I know, I am not playing. They haven't so you're said saying anything. there's a chance. Come that, down that, and that find That band out. was never great with communication, so we'll see. And they're spread out all over the country yeah. as it is right now. So. Oh, are they people yeah. flying back just for that? Um, yeah. Uh, or driving back or whatever. Brent lives in Cleveland. Alan's out east. I don't remember what state. Um, probably Vir- Virginia, I believe. Virginia, wherever um, David Lowry's studio is yeah. from Cracker. He's... I think he's still working in that studio. And then uh, Eric's up in Minneapolis. And Bob is in Milwaukee. So, yeah, they're all over. How do you describe Spy vs. Spy in your own words? Pretty pretty sexy. <laughs> I mean, visually. <laughs> um, bowling night for a bunch of guys that have nothing better to do. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for getting up early and, and doing this show. Again, you can find Spy vs. Spy on Bandcamp, and we'll throw a bunch of links out and plaster everybody with some video clips in the next week or so. Looking really forward to the next album, sincerely. I really do like Spy vs. Spy. One of the, the great bands in the area, and I, I feel that this is going to be the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just saying that. Yeah. 2020. Year, year for something. Yeah. We're Thank, really thanks for having it. us. Yes. My thank pleasure. You, we're going to end the show with uh, Be Kind Rewind, which we talked about. You guys did the video for this. John Pata filmed it. Eric, I'm surprised you said you did some video stuff. Actually, two videos. There's two, two versions videos. of yeah. it. Yeah, there's one with more of a narrative to it and a uh, storyline, and then one that's just kind of your... So what was the uh, the reason for filming two versions? Um, so within the longer version, kind of the concept of the, the narrative of the video is that <clears throat> there the video of us playing, sort of the rock and roll video, is on a TV in the longer version. So we had to have 
that shot just so that it could be a part of the longer version and in itself it was a video so it just um you well know, we were doing it for yeah. that small shot in the long version we're like let's just do a, a yeah. live a more live version and just make another video was it i'm guessing that you guys had the song cranked and we're just playing along to the track when you yep. I pretty much think that's what it was. Yep. Is, yep. is that hard on a drummer to you be quiet to, during that? You just have to. I don't really play like really loud normally, but yeah, it's kind of you're just. It's I don't know. You just feel like you're intruding because you're just playing <laughs> drums and everybody else has like, I think too in that video like nothing's plugged in. Yeah. Everything is uh, like kind of irrational. You know, kind of one of those. But it's just like all right, you still just gotta sit and how, play drums. How many takes did you have have to do to that? I don't know. Probably like. 15 or 20 or something like that maybe it was a lot it was was a lot lot. i think people don't realize when they're watching those kind of videos how much work actually does you know that one they might see me oh i just had to yeah and (laughs) that's the thing with when you work with people like john or people that are like good at what they do is it's not like a like quick little yeah we can get two angles of this and it'll be good it's one of those he brings a couple guys he brings nice equipment and it's just kind of like more of a you know if he's going to put his name on something, he wants it to be up to his standard. Mm-hmm. And that means making sure there's a ton of footage. And so you just have to do that all night. Plenty of shots. Yeah. Let's listen to the song. And if you like what you hear, go check it out on YouTube. This is Spy vs. Spy with Be Kind. Rewind. You're listening to Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.
Thank you for listening to CORE.